0: The recording that you're about to listen to is a talk from the City Bible Forum. We would appreciate you respecting our copyright by not making copies of this talk or altering the content in any way. We hope that you find the material beneficial. If you would like more information on the City Bible Forum, you can visit us on the web at citybibleforum.org. Well, do you remember, when I was in primary school, a paddle pop was 10 cents. Do you remember when I went to high school, I caught a red rattler train to school? Uh, Back then there was no air conditioning on the trains. They also didn't have automatic doors, they were manual doors that you had to open yourself and you could actually leave them open and hang halfway out the train and that was the air conditioning back then. And do you remember when I went to university, university was free. The government paid for everything. I came out without a hex debt. There was no Hex back then. Do you remember? Did you notice as we remember those things, we all went, ah, and we treasured those memories. So it wouldn't be good if at the end of our life, someone would also treasure us and go, ah, that person was a good person. So welcome again to our month series where we try to look for the extraordinary in life. Our topics have been success, goodness, life, and today our topic is legacy. And each week... One by one, we've gone through these topics and seen what the Bible, in particular Ecclesiastes, has to say about our topic. This comes in the form of a 20-minute talk from me now, followed by 10 minutes of question and answer from you guys. And today, we're looking at legacy. And what does it mean to have a legacy? Well, it's to do something, maybe achieve something, to leave something behind so that people will remember us. People will treasure us. And in some way, we have touched the lives of those around us. And what does it mean to leave a legacy and how can we have an extraordinary legacy? That's the question we're going to answer this morning. And see in the outline in front of you, there are three parts to this morning's talk. Part one or part A, why do we want to be remembered? In the middle part, the problems with trying to be remembered. And in the final part, well, what does the Bible have to say about legacy? So let's begin with the first part now. Why do we want to be remembered? And here I suggest two things. Number one. We want our lives to have a lasting significance. So as you might know, I've got three young boys. And as a parent, it's always fun trying to work out how to name your boys. And so for boy number one, well, I thought, my name Sam is a top ten dog name. (laughs) So why don't we go through top ten dog names? So for boy number one, we called him Toby, which is a top ten dog name. For boy number two, I thought, well, my name Sam is a beer name, Sam Adams, one of the big beer names in America. I thought, well, why don't I name boy number two Cooper after one of the top beers in Australia? And for boy number three, well, Sam, my name, is a jock name, sports people name, like Sam Burgess here. So for boy number three, we named him Jaunty after Jaunty Rhodes. So we went dog, beer, and jocks for their first names. But then for their middle names... We named them after their grandparents. We thought we'd do something a bit more meaningful, a bit more significant. And we named them after their grandparents to show respect, honour for our own parents and to show that somehow we are who we are because of our parents and their sacrifices and what they've done has left a lasting significance in our life. We have honoured our parents by remembering them and we hope their name somehow lives on. That's what it means to remember people. Every year we have the Anzac Day ceremonies. There are marches, there are services. Again, we do it so we don't forget, to remember, to show that we are who we are because of their sacrifices, to honor, to respect them, and to show that what they have done has left a lasting significance in our life. So in the same way, we too have this desire to be remembered, to show that somehow we too have left a lasting significance in the hearts and minds of those that we leave behind. The second reason why we might want to be remembered is because God has placed eternity in our hearts. Now in my drawer, there's always a single sock. And you sort of think, well, where is the other sock? Because what is the point of a sock by itself? And sometimes you find a button by itself. And then now what do i do with a button by itself? Because there should be a shirt that goes with this button. And sometimes you find behind the couch a jigsaw puzzle piece. And then, now what do I do with this one piece? Because there has to be a puzzle that goes with this piece. And so each one of these things, a sock, a button, a jigsaw puzzle piece, by themselves, are actually meaningless. Because they need to belong to something else, something bigger to have meaning and purpose. And our lives are sort of by the same. Because sort of if this is all I am, then I'm actually just a blip in the timeline in the universe We have this need to be part of something bigger in life, maybe a bigger story to have meaning, significance, and purpose. And the Bible says this comes because God has actually given us a God-given need to be part of something bigger. Chapter 3, verse 11. God has placed, God has set eternity in our human hearts. So there's a God-given need a God-given cry for eternity. We need something transcendent, something bigger, a bigger purpose, a bigger picture, a bigger story that we need to be part of. Otherwise, really, we're just a puff, a puff of smoke, a blip in the timeline of the universe. And so somehow I can be remembered, I can, I can be part of eternity, and I can somehow live on and have eternal significance. So that's the first part of the talk, why we might want to be remembered. Let's come to the middle part of the talk now. Problems were trying to be remembered. And here I suggest two things. Number one, we actually might not be remembered at all. Now, a few years ago, I went to my 20-year high school reunion, and people would tell you the 20-year one is the one to go to. Because if you go to the 10-year reunion, well, everyone still turns up in their alpha. Ah! sort of mode, like, look at me, look at my house, look at my job, look at my family, look at me. No one's trying to outdo each other at the 10-year reunion, but the 20-year reunion, you all turn up, we're all broken, we're all shattered, we've lost the house, we've lost the job, we've lost the family, and and we're all back to normal, we're not trying to outdo each other. But the 20-year reunion really messes with your mind. And I mentioned a bit of this last week. Because someone will come up to you and they say, Hey, do you remember me? I'm Peter. You go, Peter? Peter? Is that you? Because Peter has completely changed. The body shape has changed. The head shape has changed. The hair is gone. All that's in common are the eyeballs. That's all Peter has the same. He is completely different. But then someone else will come up to you and say, Hey, remember me? I'm John. And think, John, John. It's not only that you don't recognise John, you actually don't remember John even existing. And you go, John from German? Was it English? Was it maths? Was it football? And you say, I have no memory of you even being alive on this planet. And this is the problem. Like 20 years later, you actually forget people even existed. So we might not even be remembered. Now, my family, my parents have a photo of me. It's not this exact one, but it looks very similar. And it's me as a baby on the lap of my great-grandfather, except I have no memory of this photo being taken. I have no memory of my great-grandfather. I'm sure he was a nice guy. I just have no memory of him. I cannot remember him. My wife and I once went travelling through Europe. And Europe, for instance, in Belgium, has statues everywhere. And you think, these must be really important people because they've got a statue. I just don't know who these people are. Pigeons sit on these statues. Tourists just eat their, their lunches in their shade of these statues. But I actually don't know who you are. And the Bible reading has a similar story. Chapter 9, verse 13. I also saw under the sun this example of wisdom that greatly impressed me. There was once a small city, with only a few people in it, and a powerful king came against it, surrounded it and built huge siege works against it. Now, there lived in that city a man, poor but wise, and he saved the city by his wisdom, but nobody remembered that poor man. Meaning, you can imagine coming across a statue of this man who had saved a city once you think, What's this statue for? I just don't know what it's for. It must be important, but I have no memory of what this man did. So no matter what we do, we actually might not be remembered. Take Sydney, for example, one of the most beautiful cities in the world. We live in Sydney, uh, Great Harbour, Great Bridge. And we're named after this guy called Lord Sydney. Who was Lord Sydney? Was he a family man? What hobbies did he have? What did he do for fun? Was he a good person? Was he a bad person? We don't know. Yet we say his name every day, but we actually have no memory of this person. I work one day a week uh, in, in surgery. I assist a surgeon. And in surgery, all our instruments are named after famous doctors. So these are the Gillies forceps, named after Dr. Gillies. This is the Langenback retractor, named after Dr. Langenback. These are the Mollison self-retainer forceps, named after Dr. Mollison's. We say their names every time we operate. Pass me the Gillies, give me the Mollison's, give me the back Yet we don't know who these people are. And sometimes I joke with the surgeon, hey, who was Mollison anyway? And we just laugh, like, who cares? Like, Just pass me the retractor. So these guys must have been amazing but we don't remember them. And that means we can do things to be remembered. We can donate money for a library, a grant, a scholarship. We can discover something, invent something. And these are good things in and of themselves. But if we're doing them to be remembered, we actually won't be remembered. Just like we can't remember other people, people aren't actually going to remember us. The second problem is this. We might not be treasured. We might be remembered, but we still might not be treasured. My wife and I once stumbled upon this book in, in a bookshop. It's called Everything Men Know About Women. And we loved it so much we bought it for Steph's uh, father and we gave it to him as a birthday present. And when you open it, it's just 200 blank pages. And of course, that's the joke. Men know nothing about women. And you see this, especially when an, you see a guy trying to impress a woman. And you can see guys trying to impress a woman by saying, hey, I created a new world in Minecraft. Do you want to check it out? (laughs) Hey, look at me on this motorbike. I can do a wheelie. Are you impressed? Hey, look, I've got all the original Star Wars figurines. Hey, how about that? And you sort of think, oh, dude, that is not working. What guys think impresses a woman is so not impressing her. And worse than that, often it's scaring her away. it's the same, we can do things to be remembered by those that we love, but the great irony is by trying to be remembered, we actually might be driving away and losing those we want to remember us so that we might even be remembered but not treasured by those we want to love us. Look at how this works. As a teacher, I might write the go-to textbook that all universities have to use for future generations and my name will be remembered, but in doing so, I've had to lock myself in my study to research. I've had to travel the world to promote the book. And then so when the book finally comes out, hey, everyone, look, I've got the book. My children might not know me and my wife might not love me anymore. Or as a doctor, I could discover a new disease and even get the disease named after me. But then my children may say, "Wow, that's great, Dad, but where were you when we needed you? And my wife might say, you know, I just get the impression you love your work so much more than you love me. Or as a parent, we might invest all our time, energy and money into our children, drive them to tutoring, to sports, to music lessons, uh, help them with their homework, give them the latest and best gadgets. And they might grow up to be special people. They might grow up to be famous. They might grow up to be brain surgeons and lawyers that make us proud. But then they don't visit us. They don't call. They don't let us see the grandchildren because they all have felt used, controlled, manipulated as if they were our identity, purpose and meaning in life and they never got to live life for themselves. So in doing things to be remembered, we actually might drive away those who we want to remember us and we might be remembered but not treasured by those we love. So they're the problems we're trying to be remembered. So let's come to the final part of the talk. Well, what does the Bible have to say about legacy? Two things. First thing is this. Enjoy what God has given us. And the solution comes in chapter 3, verse 12. I know that there is nothing better for people than to be happy and to do good while they live, that each of them may eat and drink and find satisfaction in all their toil, because this is a gift of God. So the Bible says... How can I have an extraordinary legacy? Well, how about just enjoy ourselves right now? Enjoy the present moment. Enjoy what God has given us, the food, the friends, the family, the fun times. Just enjoy them for what they are, but don't try to make more of them than what they are a legacy, something that'll help us get remembered. We had our wedding. Uh, It was an outdoor ceremony. It was beautiful. It was wonderful. But my wife tells me, She was running around so much on that day, trying to make sure things got organized, got done. She met people. She forgot to enjoy herself. And we always say that to married couples. Make sure you enjoy yourself on that day. Why? Because the married couple, ironically, are so distracted with everything else going on, they forget to enjoy themselves. And God's advice for us is this in the Bible, enjoy ourselves. Don't get distracted by all these other things going on. Just enjoy the good things God has given us for what they are, good things. Don't make less of them than what they are. They are good things, food, friends, family, and fun times. But don't make more of them than what they are either. Don't make them our identity, purpose, and meaning Don't make them our legacy. Don't make them what will get us remembered. Don't make them what will connect us with eternity. But then we're wondering now, well, what will connect me with eternity? And here we come to the second thing that the Bible has to say. Number two, remember God. Chapter 12, verse one. Remember your creator in the days of your youth before the days of trouble come. What will connect me with eternity? The Bible says God will. So remember God and this will connect us with eternity. And this is the Bible's advice for how to get through each day, day by day. Remember that we have a God. See, every day we have to remember things. Every day we have to remember our keys. We forget our keys, we get locked out of the house, we get locked out of the office, we got to remember our keys. Every day we got to remember our passwords, According to the, the, the website Splash Data, last year the top three passwords for computers were password, 12345, and 123456. And we laugh because they're so easy to crack. But at the same time, we pick easy passwords so we can remember them. Because if you forget your password, life won't work. Every day we've got to remember our mobile phones, we don't have them suddenly. Oh my gosh, how am I going to get through the day? So every day we have to remember certain things to function. And every day the Bible says we have to remember we have a God. Well, what does that mean? So we all might believe there's a God, but we live as if we forget there's a God. What does it mean to remember there's a God? Well, at least it means this. Remember we have been made by God, loved by God, saved by God, And then we, in ourselves, without God, you know, we are just a blip in the timeline of the universe. Ecclesiastes says we're just a puff of smoke, just here briefly, and then gone. And if we try to make more of that, we're just going to make ourselves miserable. Remember God and he will connect us with eternity. There's this amazing moment in the New Testament where... The thief is dying on the cross next to Jesus. And remember what he says to Jesus? Remember me. Remember me when you enter the kingdom. And the Bible says that's how to be remembered. By remembering Jesus, he will remember us. And he will connect us with the eternity that we cry out for. Because there's an eternal life in the life to come. And that's how we can be connected with eternity. And that's why Jesus, one of the great blessings he offered, wasn't just forgiveness of sins, wasn't just entry into the kingdom, but was eternal life. Jesus gives us the eternity and the legacy that we cry out for. This is my grandfather. He lived to the age of 102. And he was an amazing man, because when he had his funeral, he just packed out two rooms of the church, Usually by that stage of life, you know, most of your friends have gone and there's no one there left for your own funeral. But it was such a special man. He connected with everyone that they just filled the church hall at the funeral. And it was amazing, man, because I still remember all the things he mentored and taught me as a boy. He taught me the joys of waking up early. He taught me the joys of, you know, never, of of decluttering, forming good habits. So he connected with me, connected with so many other people. But you know what? Now that he's dead... None of my boys know him. We try and say, hey, do you remember my grandfather? They go, no. They have no memory of my grandfather. And so when I die, no one will be able to remember him. There will be no one who can meaningfully remember him. And that's what the Bible says. We really are a puff of smoke. And if we fight this, we'll just destroy those around us and we too will be destroyed. And we'll lose the ones we love and we'll drive them away. Instead, if we want eternity... Remember there's a God who loves us and made us. Remember there's a God who saves us. Remember Jesus and Jesus will remember us and he will give us the eternity we cry out for. He will give us the legacy we cry out for.
1: So, just based on the talk, is there any value for us at all to be remembered?
0: Is there any value in us at all to be remembered? Well, again, it's our motivation. Why do we want to be remembered? I think it's good to be remembered knowing that, yes, for that moment I did touch the lives of those I love around me, but if we think I can have everlasting significance from this, then then really I'm investing too much into that, and I might destroy the relationship, and I even might destroy myself trying to do things to be remembered. So it's almost like being remembered is an accidental byproduct of doing the things that are good. So it's, um, it's like what's called the hedonist fallacy, where if I eat... Ice cream, it gives me pleasure. And, but then the head fallacy his fallacies are, oh, I love pleasure, so I'm now going to chase pleasure. No, what you need to do is keep chasing ice cream because the pleasure was the accidental byproduct. And doing good things in and of themselves will get us remembered. But if I try to chase being remembered, I'll never find that and that that quest would destroy me. He said, I need to just invest in doing the good things in and of themselves. And that's what that Bible passage was saying. You know, enjoy the good things that God has given us, and do good while we're on earth. And the accidental byproduct will be, will, will be remembered.
1: Now, there's actually uh, mm. two questions. That actually, one came earlier, and one just sure. came in just now, that kind of go along the same vein, that kind of
0: mm-hmm.
1: come after that question. How do we then balance focusing on God and doing the right things in our jobs, our family, and all those sort of things. They have the good things of this life. So where's the balance
0: there? Oh, the balance is knowing that these good things are given as a gift from God for us to enjoy. So they're given to us from God with his approval. So there's not like there's a tension. Either enjoy the good things of this life or enjoy God. No, it's a both and. And the way to enjoy the good things is to also enjoy a relationship with God. So we enjoy gifts when we have a relationship with a giver where we don't enjoy a relationship with a giver, it's actually impossible to enjoy the gifts. So it's actually a both and, and it allows us to enjoy the good things uh, that God has given us, which is food, friends, family, and fun times.
1: Okay, um, this is a, especially as a medical doctor, so sure. be kind of medical as well as... Uh, yeah. Um, one of my biggest fears is forgetting God when I'm old and sick. Mm. How can I make sure that this doesn't happen?
0: How can I make sure this doesn't happen? Um... Well, it seems like even what what will we lose like towards the end of life. I guess the question is, what happens if I have dementia or some other disability? It seems like we lose recent memories, but we still have early memories. So we don't. So so it's like, that's like that's why you forget where. You know, you forget that you left the oven on, which is a recent memory, but you don't forget what you did twenty years ago. So you still have those relationships, even though you might forget faces or forget what you've said. Uh, And so, but so, so that you still have your a memory of a relationship with God. You can enjoy that. They say it's amazing. You still remember Bible passages and hymns that you have towards the end of your life. But the other thing to remember. It's God's love for us is unconditional. It's not based on an attribute of us. So he will always remember us, no matter how what's happened to us or how we've changed. Oh, yeah. Okay,
1: yeah, All right. Um, you, you kind of alluded to it at the end, but somebody was asking, um, besides Ecclesiastes, where's a good place to start in this kind of remembering process that it comes to God? I think they might be might be in relationship to the Bible.
0: Oh, okay. Well, there are many sections in the Bible. So I've been concentrating on Ecclesiastes, which is more like what the, what people call wisdom literature, which is very much day by day wisdom. So you know, you know, so, you know, sometimes it's just, in life it's very hard to know what exactly to do is this right? Is this wrong? You know, should should I should I catch a train today or should I catch a bus? Well, that's a wisdom question. So Ecclesiastes and Proverbs is very good for those wisdom type day-to-day sort of things. In terms of um, if I just want to pray my emotions to God, God, I'm angry, I'm sad, I'm hurt, I'm bitter, I'm happy today. The book of Psalms has a whole gamut of emotions that we can pray our emotions to God. So the book of Psalms, if I just want to meet the person of Jesus then the first four books of the New Testament, Matthew, Mark, Luke or John, are just very good for meeting the person of Jesus and seeing him as a person rather than just a proposition, an idea to believe, but a person to believe in and a person to know. And if I want to understand the tradition of Christianity, maybe some of the letters in the in the New Testament would be easy to read um, and we, we can talk more about that. Yeah, that's great.
1: That's- if our lives are just puffs, mm. is there any point to excel in my job today?
0: Is there any point? Well, two answers: yes and yes, yes, because uh, it's a good gift from God to enjoy. So, so it's like saying, why should I eat this steak? It, it, it's amazing. Like, like cooking is a funny thing, isn't it? Because we invest so much time into it, and pff, it's all over. Like, like to prepare, I I built a barbecue which can do slow cook pork and ribs and all that, and I, I invest 48 hours into one meal. i got to buy the m- meat the day before, marinate it overnight, start the burn at 5 in the morning, put the the pork shoulder on at 6 a.m., and it's ready at 6 p.m., and, and people eat it like in five minutes. Pfft. Is that, what, was that meaningless? No, the, the pleasure is in the activity itself. And it's amazing. They've done studies. When people are out of work, the rate of depression is 100%. So the cure for depression is meaningful work that we enjoy. So actually, work is a good gift from a good God for us to enjoy, as brief as it may be. So briefness doesn't rob things of uh, purpose. I think it's the fact that it ends that might rob things of purpose. And so the second answer from the Bible is it doesn't end. If we remember Jesus, he gives us eternal life. So this doesn't end. This connects us with a life to come. Yeah. The recording that you have just listened to is from the City Bible Forum. For more information about City Bible Forum events in your city or to order other talks, please visit citybibleforum.org.